Well, tonight we are continuing our series in the fruit of the Spirit. Last time we were together, this was two weeks ago because last week was a snow day, we talked about love. Uh, it goes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self con. Yeah, good try. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah I thought you were trolling me a little bit. Okay, perfect. Here we go. So um, <clears throat> we have tonight, we're tackling the fruit of the Spirit, which is kindness. A minute ago, we had uh, a couple people come up here and taste some uh, seven brew drinks. Yeah. Does anybody still have their cup? You do? Yeah. Can you come up here real quick? Come here real quick. You can bring that cup with you. Okay. So uh, I really don't like coffee. Anybody not like coffee? How many of you... If you don't, not just don't like, you despise coffee. I mean, give it to me high right here. Double Double hands for Dawson. I'm with you guys. I hate coffee. That's why I'm not touching that cup, okay? That's why I'm letting her come up here and bring that here, all right? Not a big fan of coffee, but, you know, I went with Morgan and Kristen Lyons and Stephanie Borden, Jason Borden, Philip Bennett. We all packed up, and we went to go check out our brand-new campsite at Coey Ridge we're going to later this summer, okay? It's incredible. We loved it. We went to go check it out. We got the full scoop. On the way back, they had this wild idea of swinging by Seven Brew to get some coffee. So I was like, we can go by there, but I'm not a big coffee guy, so I, I don't know, I'll get something else, whatever. I, didn't, I had very just low expectations for my seven-brew experience. But we pulled into that bad boy, all right? Yeah, that's, that's literally what it looks like, all right? We pulled in. The lady on the microphone's like, hi, good afternoon. How can we help you? What would you like today from seven-brew? And I'm like, dude, this lady's kind of like loving her job, you know? And I was like, okay. And so she started talking. We started picking out drinks. And she was like giving us suggestions and like just super chill, like super cool. And I was like, if I'm not mistaken, I think we are actually in the wrong. We might be at Chick-fil-A right now because this is the best experience in a drive-thru I've ever had. Right, It was just a good time. We pulled up to the next spots. This is the area right here. And you would have people standing outside and they're basically giving you your drinks. But in the meantime, there's little funny jokes, little like questions of the day on the board. They're like chatting it up with you, like all this kind of stuff. We're like talking with the person. I'm like, how long you been working here? And they're like just going through their life store. I mean, it was just such a good time, okay? They hand us the drinks. The drinks were okay, all right? <laughs> but the experience at Seven Brew was incredible. If you look on their cups... Does this one have it on there? Oh, what does this say on the side of the cup? I don't know. Marcy's kindness. Uh, what is that first word? Can you get that one? Cultivating kindness. Bravo. All right. Okay. I'm going to touch the coffee cup, all right? It doesn't have any coffee on the outside, does it? No. Okay. Uh, cultivating kindness. That's what it says right there. Cultivating kindness. Every one of their cups says that. Why? Because when you go to Seven Brew, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You can have a seat, all right? When you go to Seven Brew, their goal was that they're going to create an environment where you feel like you have just experienced kindness, whether it be from the person taking your order, the person making your order, the person delivering your order. Their goal is to cultivate kindness. Now, let me ask you a question. If someone is a first-time guest who comes into the church, they come to the mix, if they were to say how their experience was here, 
Would they say that they have a middle school ministry here that cultivates kindness? Where you cut them open, it's just kindness and niceness and just politeness and others focused all the time. Would that be the attitude of our ministry here? As a Christian, do you live a life where you're thinking about other people more than you think about yourself? Tonight, I want to tackle that question. Tonight, I want to encourage you this tonight, like with like next steps of how you can practically try to live with the attitude of cultivating kindness in your circle of friends, amongst the people that come around your, your school, your church, your sports team, ways where you can cultivate kindness. Okay, does that make sense? Are we cool to do that tonight? All right. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. You can open up your notebooks and your Bibles with us tonight. If you're taking notes, today's title of the message is, How Do Christians Cultivate Kindness? How do Christians cultivate kindness? That's what we're tackling today. How can you as a believer be someone who is continually producing and building and sharing kindness with your life, okay? Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1 through 11, okay? It starts with saying, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Paul's saying, basically, if there's, if there's anything that is worth aspiring to, having an ambition for, to, to, to push in towards, he's like, if there's anything that lines up with that, he says, then this is it. Complete my joy. It's like, it's like someone who's been investing in you. He's like, man, put a smile on my face by doing this. What is the this? What is he wanting you to complete his joy in? It's very simple. So what's underlined right here, he says... Being in, uh, he says, um, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. What is he saying? He's saying, I want you to have this same attitude amongst everyone. He's wanting the whole church to have the same DNA inside of them that has the same mindset, the same desires, the same love, the same attitude. That's what he's trying to cultivate here for this church. The one mind, the one attitude, the one love, the one spirit that's with them is this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. That's a strong, strong statement. We're going to keep breaking that part down in just a moment, but I want you to see the full context of this passage. He says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is also, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Jesus is who he's talking about. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, 
every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for this passage. I thank you for the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians, and I pray, Lord, that today we as a church would be just as encouraged and challenged as the church was almost 2,000 years ago. And um, may we be a, a ministry that cultivates kindness every day. We praise your name. Amen. The question that I asked you was, how can Christians cultivate kindness? Let me just walk through this passage with you. I have that picture, Blake, that I, or sorry, that picture, sorry, Caleb, Blake did them for me. <laughs> uh, I have that picture, not that one, the, uh, there should be one that's got like a, a breakdown of the passage. It should be the same as your handout. If you follow what you see in Philippians chapter 2, you're going to see a couple things. The very beginning, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort from love, if there's any participation in the Spirit, any affection in somebody, if there's anything that's like that, here's what I want you to think about. This is it. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, the same love, full accord, one mind. Okay, I get that, but what? What do you want me to do? What is this same mind? What's this same attitude that you want all the church to have? It's very simple. I want you to do number one, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Number two, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Number three, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the, also to the interests of others. It's strong. Lord, how am I going to do that? Give me an example of how I can do this. Paul immediately goes into it and says, let me tell you the example that Jesus did. This is Philippians 2, right after that verse. He says, Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Jesus also humbled himself by becoming obedient to die on the cross for your sins. And then he said, you know what? Jesus did these things out of his great kindness and love for you. But check out what God does for those that do this. It says that God exalted Jesus and God bestowed on Jesus the name above all names. So God did these things so that one day, that name of Jesus, all men will confess to him that he is Lord of lords and kings of, king of kings, and all of them will bow down before him to worship him. That's what we see in Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Can I just take a, a snapshot real quick before we go any further? This is extra stuff. If you're wanting to learn how to read the Bible, like if you really want to dig into the word, you ought to be breaking down verses like this just like I did right here. Sandwich those things together. What goes together? What are things that are repeating? What are things that are, if he's talking about being of one mind, what is that one mind? Oh, that's obviously talking about this right here. Living this lifestyle. Oh man, he's talking about this and then he tells us how Jesus did it. And then he told us not just how Jesus did it, but let me tell you about the blessings that happened to Jesus after he was obedient to that. This is just how I'm breaking down the word of God. I'm just giving you a snapshot. You have it with you to take home. If you're wanting to study the Bible, start writing in your journal. Write out what you're learning. Diagram it. I promise it will help you to dig through the word of God and come away with greater, greater truths. Things you've never seen will come alive because you spent more time just sitting on a passage and reading through it, studying it, and breaking it down. All right, let's go back, all right? How can a Christian cultivate kindness? Three things. First one is this. Cultivate kindness by being selfless. Cultivate kindness by being selfless. Where did I put my journal? There it is, right there, perfect. 
Can we go back to verse, uh, the verse that we're underlined right there? Philippians 2, 1 through 11, this is what he says right here in the, uh, I don't think it's verse maybe 3, maybe. Is it verse 4? Very perfect, thank you. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Or conceit, yeah. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Am I saying that right? It feels like I wasn't saying it right. I don't know why. Thank you, I appreciate that. You know, it's really easy for us as just a person to be most concerned about me, myself, and I, right? To be very self-centered. To be worried about myself first and foremost. And I can be that way often. If I'm going out to play in the snow this past week, and I'm going to be honest, I've got one pair of gloves and someone else needs one, I'm keeping my gloves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be cold. I'm making snowmen, and my hands aren't going to be purple, you know? It's easy to be worried about me, myself, and I pretty quick. Yeah? That snow week when you were with your family for six days straight, did y'all experience a little bit of that selfishness rising up? Anybody? Yeah. Some of y'all were like, I'm ready to go back to school. All right, I'm tired of being home with the fam bam for a couple of days. All right, yeah. Yeah, you were so excited to go back to school on Monday. Yeah. Selfishness can rise up in us pretty quick. But here's what I know. The Bible teaches us that we are to live a selfless life. One that says, I'm not worried about me as much as I'm worried about others. That's why it says one of the greatest commandments is love your neighbor as yourself. However you would love yourself is how you ought to love someone else. Wiley, you got a question off of that? That's a good question. Wiley said, what if we don't like ourselves? What if we don't like ourselves? Well, here's the deal. You ought to love yourself the way that God loves you. I'll be honest, right here, listen. This is the generation that's dealing with more anxiety and self, um, yeah, self-hate, self-loathe than any other generation ever. Listen, and I believe a lot of that comes down to because you don't see the value that you have in yourself. And that's not, you're not, I'm not saying you're valuable because of your talents or your giftings or because you're the tallest or you're the smartest. Here's where your value comes from. You've been made in the image of God. God loves you so much. He placed his stamp of his DNA, his personality, his character in your life. He has put that in you, and that's why you are valuable. And I say that because here's the deal. You ought to, obviously, number one, take care of your own self, but you ought to be looking out at the same time for those around you. Because the same value that God placed in you is the same value he's placed in the person to your right and to your left. I'll say this because living selfless is not always easy. I live with my wife, Reba, back here. And during the snow days, yeah, you can say, hey, Reba, you just wave real quick. There you go so they know who you are. They're perfect, yeah. Um, Over the snow days, it was over the weekend, Reba was dealing with uh, something with her work. I'm going to show you a picture on the screen. This is from World Relief's website. She works at a place called World Relief where um, someone on the staff would be helping a refugee family. So there's people that are all over the world that are dealing with difficult situations. Maybe their home's been destroyed. Maybe the government's become very evil. Or maybe they're being uh, um, attacked for their faith or their race or their religion. And because of that, they have to flee their home and find a new place to go. That's what it's called to be a refugee. And so some of these families have been waiting for a long time to come over to the States to find a place to find security for their home. And some of those families land right here in Memphis. And my 
wife works at World Relief where they help these refugee families. They normally work Monday through Friday. My wife gets off at 3 o'clock on Friday, and she's kind of done for the weekend. However, y'all know that over the snow weeks, some of the people's heat and pipes were going out. Anybody's heat mess up over the snow, snow break? Yeah, I see you right there. Perfect. Yeah, that's happening. And one of the families she's ministering to dealt with an issue where they have an infant that was in the home that the heat went out on. And so Reba spent the whole day on Saturday and a bunch of the day on Sunday working to get this family into a hotel to make sure they had plenty of heat, got themselves the next day, all these things. And, and she's just going above and beyond. When, the, when she's off the clock, she's supposed to be enjoying her days off. She's being selfless and loving and thinking about the people that need her help. That's the kind of lifestyle I want to live every day where I'm thinking about other people more than I'm thinking about myself. That's what it means to be selfless, to say I'm willing to give up some things that may be my free time or maybe my vacation days or maybe some money, maybe a dollar for the cafe. I'm going to give up 50 cents of it to give to the person next to me because I want to bless them today. That's how you live when you're thinking about living selfless. If you want to cultivate kindness, it begins with you being selfless. Does that make sense? Number two, cultivating kindness. Cultivating kindness by being humble. Cultivate kindness by being humble. In this passage right here, can I borrow you quick? Oh, it's okay. Philippians 2. It says, But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. This is another moment where you see where Paul, Paul's writing to the Philippian church and encourage them, hey, you ought to take the focus off of yourself and place it on others. I'll tell you what, I've, I've been obviously following all the things that are going on in the U.S. right now for a while our last two presidents have been Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And if you ever, listen, I'm not here to, to host a, a vote, all right? That's not what I'm doing. I'm here to tell you this. Both, hang on, Wyla, hang on. Between both Trump and Biden, both of these guys rarely show any kind of humility in anything they do. If you were to ask them about a mistake that they made, they would always spin it around and say that they did the best thing that was out there, the best idea, it was the best thing. Y'all have heard Trump say that. Y'all have heard Joe Biden say that. And both of them have made plenty of mistakes that deserve to be called on it. And neither one of them would just say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I was wrong, I learned from that, and I'm trying to do better. You never hear that from that side, do you? Never. You never hear those leaders like that just say, you know what, we made a big mistake. What we did there was probably not right. I take it back. I'm sorry. Going forward, I'm try to do better. You never hear that. Wouldn't that be just a, would it not be a breath of fresh air if some really like celebrity person out there that you love, someone you know who made a mistake would just come out and just be like, hey, real quick, I just want to tell the audience real quick, hey, I just want you to know, uh, I made a mistake, and I'm so sorry, and I just want to own up to it, and my goal is to do this better, and here's the steps I'm taking, and I just want you to know from bottom of my heart, 
I genuinely am sorry, and if I hurt you, my bad, I'm trying to work on this going forward. Wouldn't that be a breath of fresh air for people? Yeah? Wouldn't that be so great? I would love to see leaders who are living out of a position of humility. You know where it begins? is being a leader right now. Being a leader as a sixth grader and a seventh grader and an eighth grader who says, I am going to admit when I'm wrong. I'm going to admit and know where my failures are. I'm going to admit and know where I miss it. I'm not going to act like when I walk in the room that I got it all figured out and I don't need to learn anything or grow in anything or get better in an area. That's not how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to walk in and say, you know what? I'm a canvas that's got some scars and mistakes on it. But just like Bob Ross, these are happy mistakes we're going to work on and get better, you know? Happy accidents, is that what he says? I'm so sorry. Yeah, these are happy accidents we're going to keep working on and getting better because at the end of the day, I'm going to see this thing through and be better on the other side for it. That's what I'm hoping for is we would be a generation of students who would have a humble attitude, an attitude that says, I must decrease and Jesus must, de- must increase. That I must decrease and Jesus must increase. Third thing for you. Not only is cultivating kindness happen through being selfless and being humble, but the last one is this. Cultivating kindness happens by being compassionate. By being compassionate. If you look at Philippians 2, I think it's verse 4. He says that you ought not to look at just the interest of yourself, but you ought to look towards the interest of others. And what he's saying is you ought to be looking out for other people's benefit. What do people need? How can you bless someone? Remember our series about be a blessing? That whole concept was about how can you bless someone else? How can you be a blessing to the people around you? That's what he's talking about with compassion. To see people and think about where are they at with their life. I remember whenever I really got on fire for the Lord, started living for the Lord when I was in eighth grade, going to ninth grade. When I went to school in ninth grade, I would walk down the halls and every person I saw, if it was someone I knew from school, Dawson, I would be thinking to myself, I wonder if they know Jesus the Lord and Savior. I would look at Will and I'd be like, I wonder if Will is doing well at his home. Like, I wonder how his mom and dad are doing. I wonder how he's doing with his life. I would look at Micah back here and I'd think, man, Micah's my God. We laugh all the time in class. We have so much fun. But I wonder if he goes to church anywhere. I look at Brian. I think about Brian. Man, Brian's such a happy guy. I hope he's a Christian. I wonder what he's reading the Bible. I wonder if he reads his Bible. I would look at people and think about their souls, where they're going to spend eternity. I would think about what they're going to with their home. I would think about how I could bless them by being a friend of them right now, right here in this chapter of my life. How can I be a blessing? That's the kind of compassion that I believe that Paul's talking about here is about you're looking out for the interest. You're thinking about others more than you're thinking about yourself. I want to show you all a clip of a movie. Y'all might have seen it before. It's called Frozen. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen it too many times. Yes, Dawson. Any more than one is too many times. Okay. Here's the deal. Y'all's favorite character from Frozen is no doubt in this clip. Let's roll it, Caleb. They're going to love it. I got a good feeling. 
Hans, what happened to your kiss? I was wrong about him. It wasn't true love. But we ran all the way here. Please, Olaf, you can't stay here. You'll melt. I am not leaving here until we find some other act of true love to save you. Do you happen to have any ideas? I don't even know what love is. That's okay. I do. Love is putting someone else's needs before yours, like... You know, how Kristoff brought you back here to Hans and left you forever. Kristoff loves me? Wow, you really don't know anything about love, do you? Olaf, you're melting. Some people are worth melting for. You're just maybe not right this second. Ah! Don't worry, I've got it. We're gonna get through it. Oh, wait. Hang on. You're getting something? <gasps> it's Kristoff and Sven! They're coming back this way! They, they are? Wow. He's really moving fast. I guess I was wrong. I guess Kristoff doesn't love you enough to leave you behind. Help me up, Olaf. Please. No, 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 no. You need to stay by the fire and keep warm. I need to get to Kristoff. Why? <gasps> Why? There's your act of true love right there! Riding across the fjords like a valiant, pungent reindeer king! Come on! Oh. Yeah. You can go home and watch the rest. All right. Who would have thought... Who would have thought Olaf would give us a great picture of how to live selflessly, with humility, and with great compassion for the people around us? Thinking about other people's needs... Before him. I mean, he's sitting by the fire, nose is drooping down, you know, and he's like, some people are worth melting for, you know. Ugh, gross, you know, but I mean, you get it. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful picture. It's an incredible picture of what it looks like to truly, to truly care about others more than yourself. Students, here's all I'm asking. All I'm asking is for you, when you show up to the mix, when you go home, when you go to school, when you walk in the room, what if you just change the way you, like flip how you see the people around you in the room? What if when Sydney Latham walks into the middle school room, her first thought isn't just, where are me and my friends going to sit tonight? Because she wants to hang out with her friends. I get that. But what if her first thought is this? Instead of me going to put my stuff down in a seat, why don't I go find someone tonight who maybe is a, she's eighth grade. Maybe she wants to go find a sixth grade or seventh grade underclassman. She says, you know what? Tonight, I'm going to sit with some other people that I don't always sit with just tonight because I want to make some new friendships. I want to worship with them. I want to share my Bible. If they don't have a Bible, we're going to read our Bible together at the same time as we're walking through the Word. 
Like, I'm just going to be a friend tonight, and I'm going to save during the week. I'm going to save a dollar, and I'm going to buy that person a soda and two airheads this week because I'm just going to hook them up, you know? I just want to bless them this week. You know why? Because she's coming into the room not just thinking about what she can gain, but she's worried about what she can give. She's trying to think through how she can cultivate kindness right here every moment she gets a chance whether it be at church, whether it be at school, whether it be at home, whether it be in her neighborhood, whether it be at a birthday party, whether it be on a sports team, whatever it is, she's thinking about how she can cultivate kindness. All I'm asking is for us to be a generation of middle school students that if a student or a guest, someone comes in in our ministry, the first thing that they would say is, this feels like I'm at seven brew because these people cultivate kindness. They're all in about being kind, selfless, compassionate, and humble in how they treat me when they walk in. That's the attitude I want to have amongst our middle school ministry. You may be saying, how do I get there? Galatians 5 says that the goal is to bear the fruit of the Spirit. But the way you bear that fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the way you do that is not by pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and being tougher and just trying harder. The way you do that is this, is you as a person spend time at the feet of Jesus. And I promise when you spend time abiding with the Lord, reading the Bible, praying, being around God, the community, when you're doing those things, at the feet of Jesus, I promise this, you'll start to experience the fruit of the Spirit overflowing in your life. That's the goal. Spend more time with the Lord. Set goals to obey what the, word, what the Lord says through His Word by seeking to be kind. I promise you're going to see the fruit of that in your life right now. That's the goal. You want to be more kind? Spend more time with the Lord, and He's going to start chipping away areas that you aren't kind in and growing in you the fruit of kindness in your life. Let tonight be the mirror again that you look at right here. Face it right here. Let tonight, as we look at the Word of God, about cultivating kindness, let that be a mirror. Do I cultivate kindness? If you are, praise God. If you're in an area where you want to grow in that, then spend time with the Lord this week and ask Him to help you to cultivate kindness with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your classmates, to live differently. That's the goal.